Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. encouraged you can tell someone you made it like good job no condemnation let it go you made it you're here um i want to speak this morning about friends in high places some of us have friends in low places and um thank you garth brooks that's uh that's okay that's good i think one of the hardest things in life is to is to navigate between my friends in low places um, where the whiskey drowns and the beer chases, <laughs> and my friends in high places of Mount Zion and the new wine, and uh, all right, we'll jump off this thing, but the point is my past and my purpose, and it takes typically two different types of friends to bring me there, and as much as you think you are a bad, rad Christian, which you are, um, I can do all things through Christ is unfortunately that God has set this up as a team sport. You cannot do life alone. And so I'm about to oversimplify a message on faith uh, from the word of God. But just know, I know it's not easy. I am, I am wrestling between um, different worlds all the time. I think your world should be big. I, I believe in reaching people. But there's something about your inner circle that we've got to figure out because I wanted God to give me something to really preach to you this morning. Amen. I know some of you are trying to get to Jesus. You're trying to get to that house. And so I don't want to just give you a cute message. I need something that can really, really speak to us about how to accomplish what God has for us. Amen. Amen. All right. Luke chapter five, verse 17. We've just been cruising through the early days of Jesus' ministry. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Come on. The power of God is here today. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. When they could not find, when they could not find, when they could not find, it means they tried to find, but they couldn't find, how they might bring him in because of the crowd. They went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling. Now, many believe that this is Peter's house, so maybe this is why Peter's mad all the time, because he never really got over his roof being torn out, but... um, out of the tiles, into the midst before Jesus. What a, what a story. And when he saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you on the inside. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? They didn't know that this was God. We, we often view whatever's happening based on our previous paradigm. The Pharisees could not receive God in front of them because their paradigm from their previous experiences with God would show them what God was. And so every time we go into the future, we have a really hard time because we filter it through our past experience. So the problem is when God wants to do something new, we go, ooh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I've actually been to many church services, especially when I was younger in Bible college. I was not going to church to receive. I was going to check it out. I was going to check out the heresy. I was going to check out what these guys are doing. And this is what they're doing to Jesus. They're checking it out. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or, or rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. 
immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. Now, whenever you see something new, sometimes it's strange. Then it becomes normal. If you see something strange today, maybe it's strange, and you need to forgive the Christian who's doing that. Or maybe it's just new. I was trying to contain myself during worship. I love that, 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 that second song. So I, I, I get my legs moving, and I get things moving, and I'm, like, doing my things. And, um, but I also want to do things in decency and order. I don't want to, like, you know, just start doing something, and I don't want to hit carry. Sometimes that happens in worship, though. You know, I throw my hands up. I'm like, poof. Yeah, I'm sorry, babe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I, 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 I kind of get my freak praise on uh, at home. And I remember what really started the, the praise thing for me was I was, I was, I was 18. If you've been in Paia, Maui, there's a little chapel right there in, in, in Paia, Old Town, Maui. And uh, when we were 18... We, uh, we were just kind of just feeling dead and kind of dreary and kind of worship's kind of plain and mundane. And so we went into that chapel and locked the doors so no, no girls could get in. And it was just us guys. And we just took everything off except our boxers. Amen. And we called it box, men's boxer worship. And that is where I encountered God at a very, very intimate level. But we would kind of worship David style. We, we got nutty. We got crazy. And what was crazy was we'd worship for hours. And, uh, you know, a lot of young people talk about where they lost their virginity. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. I lost my pride. I lost my selfishness. I lost my, my fear. I lost a lot in that little chapel in Paia. And I was like, that's a random story to be talking about. There comes moments in, in life that change your life. But you got to be willing you got to be willing to maybe mix it up a little bit. So mix it up a little bit. Keep your clothes on, okay? We, that was a small group experience. So um, that's what I love about small groups, though, is you can experience sometimes some different things that if someone saw it, be like, that is weird, and it is weird. But for about 20 of us men, man, we encountered God at a really intimate level, and uh, it was pretty cool. So anyways, let God uh, be God this morning, and uh, sometimes we need to humble ourselves and open ourselves up to allow God to, to move in our lives. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. I just pray everyone would not be distracted by that picture of me worshiping in my boxers. Lord, let it be encouraging. I hope everything today points to you. Lord, whatever we are at this morning, wherever we are at, whatever we're going through, Lord, you love us. You're for us. You're a good God. Encourage, bless, heal, transform. Lord, I know you want to give us your word word and your love and the gospel and a plan and a hope and a future. You are adamantly for us and madly in love with us. And God, we just pray that we would receive all that you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Um, so this week, I, uh, I was studying. I had my laptop out. And um, I, uh, I said, hey, Jude. Hey, Juju, it's my, my firstborn son who's 13, and uh, he, he, he was born, and, he, and we wrapped him up, and he just looked like a bean. He just looked like a, like a bean. I don't know why, I just, so I called him Bean. It was just like, you are Bean. Um, and he's always had that nickname, Bean. Sometimes nicknames don't make any sense. And his name is Jude, so we would call him Juju for short, and then it became Juju Bean. So when I call him, it could be Bean, Bean, it could be Juju, it could be Jude. And I joke, I yell at him, and so I'm like, Bean, get in here. He comes laughing, comes in, hey, Dad, what's up? Uh, he often calls me Lord and Master, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's what your mom calls me. Not, don't you need to get weird, okay? Amen. Um, I'm like, buddy, what's up? He's like, what's up, Dad? I'm like, hey, would you go upstairs and get me my headphones? Um, they're, they're, by my night, they're on my nightstand right next to my bed. And... And so he, he goes up, and he comes back down, and he says, Dad, they're, they're not there. I couldn't find them. And I, and, I, and I had just been up there a little bit before, and I knew they were there. So I said, okay, I said, hey, hey, bud, hey, bud, just trust me. They are up there. 
hey, buddy, I love you. I believe in you. You're my champion. You're my hero. You're my bean. You're my juju. You're my Jude. I love you. You're going to take the world. You're going to stand on my shoulders and do things I can't do. But right now, I need you to get those headphones because I know they're there. Okay? (laughs) He ever had someone, you know, tell you to trust them? And I'm like, no, 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 no. He's like, Dad, trust me. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, trust me. Like, I... Trust goes up. Trust me. Like, you just go upstairs, okay? So he goes upstairs and comes back down, and he says, he, and he has this look, like, 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 they're not there. Like, don't ask me again because they're not there. Why would you ask me to get something that's not there? That doesn't make any sense, Dad. And he's, like, pleading this case. He has this look of, like, oh, you know, I, this big trial has happened. And he goes, Dad, I tried. I, I tried. And I said, son, I don't need you to try. I need you to trust me. I don't need you to try. I need you to trust me. I don't need you to try. I need you to trust me. I don't need you to try harder. I don't need you to put on super duper fast shoes. I don't need you to change your outfit. I don't need you to break a sweat. I don't need you to, you know, rip open the house and do some crazy things. Just, just try, 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 try. I said, I just need you to trust me. And this is exactly like our Christian walk where we feel like we've tried something and we think that God is asking us to try harder when he's really just asking us to trust him. Now, I went upstairs, and I saw that there was a power cord on top of the, the headphones, and so all he needed to do, I guess, was maybe move it, and he would have seen them. But I'm not asking him to try harder. I'm asking him to trust me. Son, I know where they're at. Trust me. I know you don't see it, but it's there. I know it doesn't feel like it's there, but it's there. I need you to trust me according to my word, son. I'm your father. I love you. I'm for you. I have good plans. Go back upstairs and get the headphones. Trust me. When we have this mission, though, and we come back and it didn't work out, we often have the look of juju on our face like, it didn't work. Like, it's not going to work. It's not in the cards. And so when we use the word try, what we do is we begin to make a case. God or dad, what you are asking of me is impossible. And now I'm going to live a life and make a case that it's not me. It's not my fault. Should, could, would. But this is so big. This giant, this obstacle, this thing you're asking for doesn't exist. And so now I'm going to live a life making a case that, that what I was up against is bigger than what you are asking of me. And that's why when we see the word try, it's not really what we're going after. The word try ought to be replaced with I quit. I didn't try to love you. I stopped loving you. I quit the conversation, left the room, and slammed the door. I didn't, I didn't try to do something. I quit it because at some point in the journey, I looked at an impossible situation that didn't make sense, and I didn't realize that I wasn't living by faith based upon the word of God. I was living by sight, feeling, emotion, five senses. It didn't make sense, and so I tried. It's not going to work, and so ultimately, though, it's not about trying. It's about trusting, not trying harder, but trusting. Trusting more based on the word of God. It's trust. And you'll see it when you start replacing the word try with quit. I quit the job. I quit the relationship. I quit the church. I quit the friendship. I quit it. I quit faith. I quit hope. I quit prayer. Why? It was too hard. I tried. And then we make a case for our valiant efforts. And like the children of Israel will say, I, I, you know, I, we can't because we're grasshoppers. And they're giants. So we make this case about making the giants bigger than they really were. Do you see the exaggeration in there? We're grasshoppers? Come on, that is silly. We're we're hoppers of grass? I mean, that's what they said. And how do you know what what the giants thought of you? See what happens when paranoia and deception sets in? When you are convinced that your circumstances are the big bad wolf, rather than God saying, I'm not asking you to try. I'm asking you to trust me according to my word. And in Hebrews it says they lived in faith and they died in faith. They didn't didn't live in faith and die trying. They lived in faith and they died in faith 
saying, God's not asked me to try because it's not according to my effort. It's according to his word. And if I go down, if I go down with this ship, I'm going down trusting because it's not about my efforts. It's about his word, his promise, and what he has declared. And even if I don't see it come to pass, my grandkids will see it come to pass. The church in front of me will see it come to pass. I will live in faith. I will die in faith because I will never stop trusting that every word in that book is the word of God and it will not return void. I just must be a piece of a generational promise. I will not quit. And if we don't quit, we'll win. If we don't quit, we allow the promises of God. As long as we're available, saying, God, we surrender to your plan, to your promise. Let heaven come to earth. And if I die, I'm going to die not trying. I'm going to die trusting, proclaiming the promises of God are yes and amen to my kids, to my grandkids, and to the church of Jesus Christ. We're not here to promote a gospel of try harder. Trust more. And these friends that this guy had, man, they were some guys that were all about trust. They were all about trust. They were all about trust. When the word of God says that they picked this man up on a bed, you need to picture a long journey, not a subway ride, not an Uber, not a, not a, not a popping into the minivan. I mean, this was good old fashioned strap on the sandals and walk the dirty, uh, rocky road with, with, with a man and a bed to, to a, a probably a long, hot, dry, dusty road to this house. After all of that, the Bible says that they could not find a way in, which tells me that they tried to find a way in. And so you might be in a place this morning, you didn't even see this in scripture, that they actually had already been trying to find a way. They didn't get to the house and go, oh, and God spoke to them about the roof. They got to the house and it was blocked. It was locked up. There was no way to get in. If you are today in a place that says, you know what, I've been on a long journey. I've been carried a long way. And we got to the house and it was locked up and we tried to find a way. We tried to get through the door. We tried to get through a window. We tried to get through the back door. We circled that thing 10 times. We prayed. We fasted. We worshiped. We begged people to get out of the way. We networked. We, we tried to drop names. We tried to do everything. And the Bible says that they could not find a way. That's where we pick up the story. They are hopeless. There's no ideas. They're fresh out of energy. Their backs are hurting. They're questioning the mission. But this group of friends were not about we tried. We did everything we could. They were together on a promise on a mission and that mission was we got to get this guy our friend to Jesus we got to get him in the Bible says they could not find a way to get him in that's the that was the purpose to get him in not we tried operation we tried operation I tried to be your dad son operation I tried to go to church operation my tombstone he tried I'm so glad Jesus didn't try. Like he didn't, you know what, guys? I got so close to that cross. Oh. I'm coming back. I didn't know about this euthanasia thing. I'm going to come back and get euthanized and uh, get the needle or get an easier way out. I mean, it's amazing he, he chose that time period. Probably the worst death ever devised by humans. Jesus is bigger than anything we can, we can go through. But when we look to ourselves is when we get this martyred sort of, I trying, I'm trying. And then we walk around with all this evidence of our try. Carrie, I love you, but it's difficult sometimes to love you. Here's my evidence of all my tryings. Hey, paralyzed man, look, it's full, baby. It's a packed house. And we went around, we spent an hour trying to get, how long did they spend to try to get him in? Who knows? But it was at this moment that they remembered their mission was to trust the promise that what they had believed for was to get him in. Was to get him in. So I'm just here this morning to declare to you that you are not called to live life like a salmon. 
But we take on this Christian walk that we're called to live and swim upstream. We even have those bumper stickers or those pictures with the fish swimming against the flow. I'm, I'm going against the flow. You weren't meant to live your life against the flow. That's the meant to be the outreach part of your life, not to be the inner circle of your life. The problem is we have surrounded ourselves with the wrong people in our inner circles Monday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and we're around these people that we are actually swimming against the flow, and we're trying to figure out what's the problem. This man had a crew that didn't just come up on a problem and talk about the problem and think about the problem and sit there about the problem. They were trying to commit themselves fully to solving the problem. You don't need a group of people continually talking about what's wrong and talking about the problem. You need some people that are willing to carry you and and be creative and be consistent in solving the problem. Am I preaching to anybody? Because here's the deal. Here's the deal. Life's not meant to be lived alone. If Jesus needed 12 disciples You need a group of people in order to live life with. You need a group of people to carry you. I've never seen this before in my life because we hang our hat on scriptures like I can do all things through Christ and greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And it is true. It's absolutely true. The other side of it is the fact that life is a team sport and Jesus had 12 men and when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, he didn't go alone. He said, I need you to pray with me. I need you to tarry with me. And he had a group of people on the inner circle that when they would reach the the crowds and heal the masses, they would often at night or in the morning gather together and talk and commune. He had a group of people. He had a group of people. He had a crew. Jesus had a crew. The difference is this, is the Bible says that, that they, his friends, could not find a way. Catch this, catch this. He chose, the paralyzed man chose the friends and the friends chose the strategy. See, your friend group, your inner friend group creates a culture that carries you. The words, the tone, the vibe, the flow, you know. You know where that conversation is probably usually headed. There's usually a flow. There's usually an atmosphere around the food, the drink, the music, the what's on TV, what's not on TV, where we meet, where we don't meet. There's usually sometimes a, an agreed upon or unagreed upon culture and vibe and flow of a certain group of people. And this man is teaching us that we get to pick the crew that sets the culture, but you have to understand that there is a culture set that will carry you. And oftentimes they pick you up in their verbiage and in their attitude and in their flow, and you often are, are, are flowing in a direction that you end up not with Jesus, but you end up at the club, you end up talking about your past, you end up talking about all kinds of things, and you keep trying to figure out how you ended up there. That is the culture of your crew, and it picks you up, and it carries you wherever that culture is set. And so we keep trying to figure out why it's so difficult to go to church, but the flow and culture of your Saturday night crew is not talking about how to get to church. They're talking bad about the church. They're talking about the offense. They're talking about their past. They're not helping you solve issues on how to get your young family to church on Sunday morning. I'm not preaching to anybody. It's the culture. It's the crew. How do we keep ending up Talking bad about my dad. Well, your, bad, your dad's a bad dude. I know the problem. I need to solve the problem. So you got a group of people that just sit at surface level talking about your problems when you need a group of people to carry you to solve the problem. I need to solve some problems. I need to get to church. The problem is we don't have an agreed upon destination. So what happens is the culture takes over. And here we, here we are. We find ourselves between being loyal to our past or loyal to our purpose. How do I, how do I, how do I honor my past? You guys helped me get there. You picked me up in prison. You came by the club when I passed out. You, 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 and they're stuck there though. 
Every time you find them, they're talking about high school. They're talking about the, the party. They're talking about the potato gun. They're talking about the fireworks. And the, they're talking about all the stuff that we did. And I, I'm, I'm there. And I, I love it. Monday night mixers and, 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 and Tuesday night taco nights. And it's cool, but it just feels a little bit stuck because we're continually honoring the past. And here I am trying to get to my purpose. But that's the group of people that can't carry me where they've never been. We don't have an agreed upon destination of Jesus. We don't have an agreed upon destination of church. I'm trying to raise my kids in church. I'm trying to raise up my sons in the, in the ways of the presence of God and the stories. I don't believe I'm indoctrinating him. I believe I'm discipling a young man about the truth. I don't believe in your truth, any truth. I believe in the truth, the word of God. I believe in Jesus. I believe I'm not perfect, saved by grace. I need a team of people to get around me and help me carry my family, my faith towards my purpose, towards the word of God. Come on, church. We need a new crew. I love my people. I love my boys. I love my team. But I can't carry you any longer. I, I admit it. I need a new group of people to help me carry to the purpose. And the thing is, so much of our past and our friendships are because of proximity. And so much of my future is because of purpose. I need friends. I need a crew that isn't just in my life because of proximity, work, school, same town. I now need friends based on purpose. We have an agreed upon destination. Uh, I'm paralyzed in this area, and you're paralyzed in that area, but I need some people to help carry me. Well, where are we going? Where are we going? It takes a lot of strength. Where are we going? What are you about? I'm not about just taco night anymore. Sorry. I, I, I'm not about just getting together. They're so sweet. They that. Those people are just so sweet. I'll take you if you're sweet, but I, I, I admit it. I admit it. I, I'm, 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 I, I, there's a destination that I want. There, there's a destination. There's an agreed upon. I'm not asking you to be perfect. I, I'm just asking. I'm asking for some people to help carry me, and, and I'll carry you to, to an agreed upon. I, I'm not looking to live a life without a prayer time. I am trying to establish. I'm trying to get to Jesus. I'm trying to raise my family. I need somebody to help me carry my family and my past into my future. I need someone to get this arm and get this leg and help me get into the word of God. I need some people to help me get to the house where Jesus is. I admit it. I can't do it alone. Either could Jesus and either can you. I need someone to carry me. Why do I keep ending up in fear? Why do I keep ending up at 101.3 Depression Drive? Oh, because every Monday, Friday, and Saturday, we sit around and talk about our past Talk about how our parents were horrible. Talk about how bad things are. Talk about how we feel. Talk about what's against us. Talk about how things should be. Talk about depressing things. And I wonder why I keep ending up at the house called insecurity. When me and my crew were just trying to impress each other all the time. I need a crew where I can say, I don't know who I am. I need a crew to pick up the shoulder and say, I'm telling you, there's a call of God. But they cannot carry you where you don't have an agreed upon destination or they can't carry you where they've never been. The only place they know is shame. That's where they're going to carry you. This is tough because I love my people. I love my past. But I got to be willing to say, hey, I'll see you at the Christmas party, but I can't carry you because I need I need some people to carry me. I need some people to carry me. Let's review this real quick. I need some friends in high places. I need a new crew. I need to hook up with some people that are taking me somewhere. I got I to gotta hook up with some people that are, I know you don't like the church. I know you think it's political, and I know you think it's a, just a community group, and I know I, I need some people, though, that think it's the bride of Christ. I, th- I need some people that want to build it. I, I need some people that believe in this revival as a church revival, a family revival, a place where orphans can come and be healed. I'm not here to say it's perfect, but I'm here to say it is the strategy of Jesus Christ to build the church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. I don't believe. I don't believe I'm indoctrinating my kids. I don't believe I'm causing them to miss out. I say if I come back from the beach early, I'm teaching them 
to house Jesus. Number one, we hook up, though, with people who comfort. This is just review. This is just review. This is last week. Comfort us in our crisis, but won't carry us to our deliverance. I, I, comfort was fine when I was 18. Comfort was fine when I was 25, but not when I'm 42. Time is short. Time is short. I, 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 I need some people that are willing to lay down their lives and begin to pray and begin to believe for regional transformation. I love Maui. I, I, I'll take a new car. I love a swimming pool. I love all the things of life. But I'm telling you, the thing that makes me burn, the thing that keeps me up at night is the difference between life and death, heaven and hell. The thing that, 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 that is burning in my soul is the revelation of Jesus Christ and that the city, this city, the heavens would open up over the Pacific Northwest and people would begin to encounter the grace of God through you and I because we are the hands and feet of Jesus I need you to carry me to my deliverance. Number two, we hook up with other people paralyzed so we feel normal. But we feel better about ourselves because they're paralyzed and ugly. Amen? <laughs> I might be paralyzed, but you're paralyzed and ugly. And so we feel better about ourselves. Number three, we can't hang with people who aren't going anywhere. Unless you want to go nowhere, if Taco Tuesday is the extent of your vision, then just hook up with anybody. Open your life to anybody. I'm just here to shake off of you the victimization that you feel about reaching your neighbors and reaching this community. You thought that they needed to be your inner circle. They don't. What you need is some people to get around you and carry you to Jesus. You need to be Your marriage needs help. Your faith needs help. Your worship needs help. I need to be around some people like our worship team where I go upstairs and we're talking about scripture and we're talking about songs and we're talking about how to get in and we're talking about how to serve people. I don't need you to be perfect. I just need to be going in the same direction. And I don't think we need to put full stop on people. I just, maybe we need to yield. I need to get, I gotta, I'm not a victim of my schedule and neither are you. Number four, the man is teaching me to surround myself with people who can do what I cannot do. Number five, I must hook up with people who are not limited in the same areas that I am limited to. So again, the time comes when we're on the mat. We're on the mat. We're over here. And my new crew comes and picks me up. And as I leave the mat, as I leave the area of comfortability, being comfortable in what I know and what is stable. See, a lot of people stay in dysfunction because at least they know it. They're, they're used to it. So the farther you get, you have got to be ready to hear who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to, to, to leave? We, we've done Sunday nights like this for 10 years. What, who do you think you are? What, you think you're better? What, you're gonna now go to, go to that tree? What, you're gonna, oh, what, why? And you've got to be able to, you've got to be able to answer. You've got to be able to have a conviction in your heart. I love you. I can't carry you. I love you. I just need something more than fantasy football right now. It's not that I don't love football. I do. I just owe it to my future. I owe it to my kids. I owe it to myself. I've now discovered how valuable I am. I've now discovered that the blood of Jesus was shed for me. I now know the cost that was spent to get me to save me. I now know the value. I love you, but I got to move towards the purpose. I've got to be more loyal to my purpose than my past. I gotta be more loyal to function than dysfunction. I've got to be more loyal to why Christ died for me than what you've did for me. I've gotta get someone around me to help carry me towards what God has. Oh, I need a new crew. I need someone to carry me. It takes a lot of vulnerability. It takes a lot of humility. I need someone to carry me. I need someone to carry me. I need you to carry me. I need you to carry me, the carry, the carry. Kingdom is so much of the carry. Jesus said, I got it, I got it. Do you know when Jesus picked up his cross, it was you. When Jesus said, pick up the cross, pick up your cross, it's probably for someone else. This isn't a gospel of to-dos. This is, you know what, Jesus paid the price for me. I might have to pay a price for you. That's Christianity, laying down our lives. Greater love of nothing than this, no one than this, than to lay down your life for one another. It's laying down our lives, picking up our cross, 
said, I'll carry you. I'll carry you. I need you. That when we get to this house and we can't get in, not only do I need you to carry me, but I need you to get creative with me. I need you to come up with ideas. I remember talking to, 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 to some people in my life when we were trying to establish our prayer lives. And man, it took years. We were getting different alarm clocks with different noises. We were, we were getting like uh, ocean noises on our prayer times so we could get kind of woken up. We'd set alarm clocks across the, across the uh, you know, put them in another room so we wouldn't fall back asleep. We were, we were exchanging ideas on, on which translation. We were exchanging ideas on atmosphere. Do you go into a chair? Do you, do you find a room? Do you... How do you do? You need some people that are not only going in the same direction as you, willing to carry you, but they're willing to stand with you and be creative and not just creative, not just carry, not just creative, but consistent, consistent, consistent until we get you in. I'm committed to getting you in. Committed to getting you in. Now you might be thinking, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is sounding uber codependent. This is like, I need a bunch of people in order to serve God. That sounds a little, that sounds a little millennial. Isaac, are you trying to reach young people? I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. No, no, this isn't codependent. This isn't even dependent. This is interdependent. See, what we forget is that Jesus made a covenant with us through blood. He does need us. Now he chose to need us. He is God all by himself, but he has chosen to partner with us and he has chosen to connect our destinies to each other. So yeah, they are connected. They are connected. I, they are connected. I do need you. I, 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 I do need you. What this story is teaching me is I need to choose people who I believe can carry me to Jesus. Not that I can control that can carry me, that want Jesus, that want revival. I need to choose some people that can carry me. Choose some people. Come on. Come on. So you choose who creates a culture in your life who creates a flow in your life they don't need to be perfect but they need to have a desired destination hey bro you want to go plant a church yes okay 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 that's that's where we're going okay okay so they got to decide how to carry me. I don't know. I'm never, I'm paralyzed. Jesus. So they're carrying me. They're carrying me. All I know is I want revival. I want Jesus. I want family. I want forgiveness. I want restoration. I want, I want, I want, we got to get in. The goal is not to try, but the goal is to get in. I need, I need someone to carry me. Let's go. Let's go. I need some, whatever it takes. I need you to help me solve ideas. We got to get to Jesus. I need someone to carry me. I'm not in control any longer. Oh, you can put me down. Give these guys a big hand. chooses to carry because you have to give up control I wasn't in control I wasn't in control I wasn't in control and what we do is when someone picks us up and carries us we're kicking them I wasn't going to kick them but we kick them you're not carrying me right you're not doing it right and so we try to control the carry 
truth of it is, is you get to choose the culture, but one of the greatest things you can do is say, babe, I'm all in. I, I surrender my control. I surrender my control. I surrender my control. I want to be caught up in, in the carry. I want to be caught up. I want to be lifted up because the culture is set by the people around you. But these men were committed to getting this man in. They were committed to getting him in. Let them carry you. Let them carry you. Let them carry you. But they carry you away from what is comfortable. Whenever you leave something of the past, it's comfortable. And so when they pick you up and they carry you, it feels odd. It feels different. I'm not used to it. I'm kind of used to laying over here, being stuck with a bunch of people that are stuck. It feels normal. It feels comfortable. And all of a sudden, this group of people starts to pick me up and bring me somewhere. I'm not in control anymore. I'm not in control anymore. This is maybe where you're at this morning. You've got to relinquish control. You've got to relinquish control. There's some people that God is sending around your life that are wanting to pick you up, but you're so used to controlling everything because that's how you're used to getting what you want. But in this season, the kingdom of God is, is teaching us that you are not in control. He wants you to surrender. He wants you to let go. And so you let go. You surrender. And they carry him. And they come to the house. They come to the house. Now they're holding him. Then they put him down. We don't know how they got him in. We do know that there wasn't a staircase most likely on this house, there wasn't exterior access to the roof. So the only thing we can think is how they got this guy up on the roof. And remember, this is his crew. His crew made this decision. Okay, we carried you this far. They set him down. They started tying a rope around him. And this is when you start thinking, okay, this is not a good idea. This is not a good idea. See, people around you that now have an agreed-upon destination will have a bunch of bad ideas. But guess what? They have your best, best, best intention in mind. If you've got the wrong crew, they've got a bunch of bad ideas too. But this new crew that's trying to get you to Jesus is like, all right, we're going to church every Sunday. That's a bad idea. We're going to go serve at Christmas at the park. Hey, have you heard about tithing? Oh, that's a bad idea. So they got a bunch of bad ideas in trying to get you to Jesus. None of those things are Jesus. They're just a rope and a means to get you up and get you down into the presence of God. We got to stop being distracted by what man uses or what God uses to get us into the presence of God. But what happens is this man finds himself probably up on the side of this wall. They start to tie him up with a rope. He's probably thinking, I wish I was back with my other friends on the mat. This is horrible. And all we can figure is somehow his friends get up on the roof, tie a rope on this guy, and then they start dragging him up the roof. <laughs> and he's just <laughs> being yanked up on the roof. Who knows how scratched up he got? He's probably thinking, right when I got used to those men holding me, I get thrown into a system. You might feel like you're in a system. A rope tied around you being yanked up the side of a house and you miss the human contact that you first had at the beginning of your journey. There always comes a time where you're like, I don't feel it anymore. I wish I missed that. I missed, I missed the human touch. I missed the, the connection. And, and what happens is you've now been caught up in a system to get you closer to Jesus. But the worst thing that we can do is we can look to our past and say something is wrong. Something, something doesn't add up. This isn't working. The truth of it is, is you are closer to Jesus than you've ever been before. And somehow they got him up to the top of the roof and the same rope that they tied him to to get him up they lowered him down into the presence of Jesus. Can you imagine the vulnerability and the humility and how stupid he must have felt just being 
and whatever churches and small groups are and songs are, we get caught up in the rope. But the truth of it is, it's the rope that isn't Jesus, but it's the rope that brings you to Jesus. It's the, it's the human touch that brings you to the divine. We get too caught up. We're kicking people who are carrying us. We're against the systems of man that are devised to bring us to Jesus. But all Jesus is doing is saying, I've used, I'm going to use all of it to teach you that I am the one that will carry you. I've been preparing to carry you. All I wanted was your control. I wanted to teach you that you're not in control. You're not in control. You're not in control. All I wanted you was to be available, to be available, to be available through any means possible. Because I'll use the laying on of hands. I'll use water. I'll use music. I'll use natural means to bring you into an encounter of the divine. And once this man, he relinquished control. They lowered him down. And Jesus said, man, your sins are forgiven. In other words, I'm going to heal you first on the inside before I do anything on the outside. I'm going to heal your emotions. I'm going to heal your past. I'm going to heal your depression. I'm going to heal your mind. I'm going to heal your heart. I'm going to heal every pain. I'm going to heal the journey. I'm going to heal the hurt. I'm going to heal the words. I'm going to heal the suffering. I'm going to heal the fear. I'm going to heal you on the inside. Let go. Let go. Let go. Let go. Let go. Let go. You pick some men to carry you where you didn't want to go. I put a rope on you which you didn't want, but I used all of it to bring you into the presence of God. And you were a man that was available and you had to not be distracted with what man did to you. I will use what man meant for evil or what man meant for good to bring you in the presence of God to show you I'm about to take over. I'm about to carry you. And all I wanted was your control. Church, are you willing to give up control? Where's my men? I need my men back up here. Are you willing to give up control? Because this is what it looks like. All God wants is your control. He's saying, I'm sending people. Don't worry about how they carry you. Don't kick them in the face. Don't worry about the rope. All I want is I'm going to send some people, and they're going to pick you up. But you're not alone. I just need you to surrender. I just need you to surrender. I just need you to surrender because I'm about to heal you. I'm about to heal you. You need these men to get you in. Would you let me carry you? Would you let me carry you? Would you let 
just want us to surrender over the next few minutes as they sing this song and we see some young people being baptized. We see Maggie and Maddie and Joshua and Marcus and Chloe and Hannah and Johnny and Lily and Brandy. As we, as we see them go into the water to identify with the death, burial, and resurrection as they come up in Christ Jesus, we're standing with them. We will carry them. We will stand with the young people of this house. You're not alone. We will pick you up.
the picture. All week long, I want you to imagine the man being lowered through the roof, embarrassed, maybe ashamed. Sorry, Peter. Sorry about your roof, bro. Tied up. And all God's saying is quit squirming. I know you're embarrassed. I know you feel vulnerable. I know it's an awkward position. I know all eyes are on you. But that's where, right where God wants you to be. Surrendered. You can't do anything. Not only were you paralyzed, but you're now you're tied up and paralyzed. And Jesus says, I don't need you to do anything. Just give me your control. Give me your control. You are not in control. You're not in control. Stand by and see what I will do in you and through you. I'm going to start in you, then through you, around you, and what I do in you will be contagious. And what I do in you, when others see you pick up your mat, will not compare to anything you could do alone. All I want is your control to surrender and watch what God will do in you and through you. Hey, we love you so much. Yeah, come on, give Jesus some praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, we love you so much. Maybe there's some people in here that you need to start a conversation with, and it's awkward, man. I don't know. I think I need you to carry me. I think I need to get into a small group. I think I need, I don't know. It's messy. It's crazy. It's not easy. It's not easy. But now you're more loyal to your purpose than your past, and God will help you and give you wisdom to figure it out. Amen. But every Sunday morning, we're not here to condemn you. We're here to carry you in Jesus' name. We're here to carry you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need some prayer, come on up. Come on up. We love you. We'll see you next Sunday.